You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, here we are back at the Batuta Advocate radio show in downtown Batuta, Daru Street, Baxter Boots Studio. And today's guest is, as many of our guests, made a long, long trip to get here. He's from Adelaide, so technically that is our closest capital city. Sister cities. Yeah, our closest closest capital. And, And really, I'm not sure how you got here, but it feels like angels brought you here, Guy. That's fair to say. I just I had say, to lead with that. No, it's good. <laughs> it was a while ago, but you are a bit backward here. Yeah, yeah. So it's- oh, this is this is the most cosmopolitan inland desert community. Yeah. in the whole country. Oh, well, it's it's you guys are paving the way, and we're getting reruns of the first season of Australian Idol <laughs> on Aparja. So um- I would have sort of thought you guys are more nosy fans though here in Batuta. Yeah, I mean, that was an interesting kind of era and we'll talk about the very start mm. of your career very briefly because you kind of got to lead with your own song and release a single with your own song and then Shannon Noel just had to reclaim. Mm. Uh, uh, Australian classic. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. he actually did Angels Brought Me Here as well. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. He, mate, he was in white suit, like did the whole, at that stage we had to have it ready to go. Yeah. For whoever won. So he recorded a version. I mean, it much more suited me, that song, than than Shannon. Has has his version ever seen the light of day? I think it did at some point. We we should look that up on... one of YouTube. those millions of CDs that were released, you know, because then there was the Divas and there was all the mm. different... Young they Divas. Re- they really been a lot from Idol and X Factor. and yeah. it's been, it's, We've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of content out of those shows. It's been good. Mm. You were the first in this wave of... Do you, mm. Have you seen any change? Do you feel like you guys were just the guinea pigs and... Context. I think now I think yeah. now people know what they're getting into. Yeah. I, I think that was probably the beauty of Idol. Like yeah. literally, I, I thought it was like a pilot, so I didn't know if it was actually going to make it to a, a proper TV station. So, so many people watched that yeah. final episode. I know it was like said broke all sorts of records, and we were on a bloody stretch Porsche going up, like driving towards the Opera House, yeah. and it was amazing. I mean, it, it kind of divided the nation because I was the the multicultural um, cluster of, yeah. of, of um, yeah. you know, nationalities yeah. who represented, I guess, yeah, that, that sort of urban crowd. And, yeah. and, that, mm. uh, and then you had the country boy who yeah. was this yeah. sort of quintessential Aussie bloke. I don't know. It was a, there was this purity to it, I think, mm. just because we really didn't know. Like I met John Howard and I was wearing these crappy um, brown trackies <laughs> from Big W or something. Literally, I didn't know we were meeting him. And, <laughs> and so there was all this stuff that happened and there was this real honesty and this authenticity to mm. it. And, you know, we were all in a house. It was like yeah. Big Brother meets Idol and, you know, Millsy was running a mark yeah. and, and yeah. it was just We all fun. remember. Everyone remembers, you know, obviously Millsy and his um his little flutter his there. Escapade, <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, you need a Millsy, I yeah. think, in a show like that. You need mm. someone to keep it interesting and I was way too boring. But you won the popular vote, you know yeah. what I mean? Like at the end of the day it was also honest. It was like it was it, it was there was no rigging. No, well, well, I think, you know what it is, if if we're going to get deep for a second, Mm, I quit, I was at uni, I was doing medical radiation, of all things, it's it's about as far away from music Mm. as you can, you know, like programming x-ray machines and, Mm. you know, like it, it, 
I, I quit to become an artist. I thought, bugger, I've got to give it a go. Like, I, I, we live once. I've got mm-hmm. to at least try. And so I recorded demos and, and um, I wrote some songs and recorded in my bedroom. And then I did this cover. It's like a two-step sort of Craig Davidy cover of, of Hello by Lionel Richie. Oh, yeah. So I had this little <laughs> e- EP sampler thing. And, yeah, I took it around to all the labels and, and the – the common theme to all the comments and the rejection letters was that I didn't have the look. And mm-hmm. some one label got quite uh, like specific, and they said, "Oh, look, you need to lose weight, and you you know you just don't have a look, and your hair is is not right, and blah blah blah." And I was, I was a little fat kid with an afro, and yeah. and, I, and and I didn't represent what at the time was the norm for a pop musician. You needed a very very fine chin strap, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But it was it was sort of like you had your NSYNCs and Backstreet Boys and like. Jessica Simpsons and and so it was sort of this really polished thing Mm. and then suddenly here's this TV show where I was actually in line um, with my now wife Jules like we auditioned together and and, um, she she didn't make the cut she (laughs) didn't get past the first audition so um, you didn't meet there though you you both no no we'd been together for we actually were together for a couple of years and then she dumped me and then um I got famous and yeah, she yeah. wanted to get <laughs> back came. together. Yeah, so, a second wind. That's pretty much how it happened. And that's the short story. But but you know what? I, I think I was in that line and I'm looking around and I'm – because I think I had that sort of rejection on mm. my appearance, I was looking around going, that dude's really good looking and mm. that chick's really good looking and I'm never going to win this. Like, yeah. how am I going to win this? But you and, had the pipes. But I do I think if you look at just the positive impact that it had on the industry, you look at people like Susan Boyle and all these sort of yeah. people that were kind of the anti-pop star. Yeah. It gave them an, an opportunity to just literally go on what their gift was. Yep. And so I remember I, I, there was models in our year and, and suddenly you had to sing a cappella on a stage. No one cared about what they looked like because yeah, sure. when, when you're singing terribly, yeah. it's, you suddenly don't look as good. You have one of the most exciting family trees um, I've seen. The mm. born Malaysia, yeah. Tamil, Ceylonese, distant Portuguese, <laughs> English – yeah, raised my, in Adelaide. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. a cluster, that's for yeah. sure. My, well, my mum's from India, but mm-hmm. she's sort of white with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. So she's got a lot of English, Scottish sort of heritage and some Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And I think there is some Indian in there. Like mm-hmm. she definitely doesn't look Indian, but mm-hmm. but speaks Indian and like speaks. She speaks Hindi, and she, mm-hmm. you know, she watched Bollywood stuff as we were growing up and yeah. cooks a mean curry. Yeah. And then my dad is from Malaysia, and he's quite dark skin so he's Sri Lankan mm-hmm. sort of background and, and I think there's some Portuguese there as well because yeah. Sebastian apparently is Portuguese name but just a massive mix of cultures and, and yeah sort of nationalities and then my dad's a geologist so he used to travel you know to oil rigs in Australia and then eventually went you know bugger it I'm tired of being away from the family so much and let's move everyone to Australia and yeah right mm. that was it so basically growing up all you really had was Kamal as the Malaysian pop star. He was, to look, to he look. was literally my idol, <laughs> and, and he had a cracking business with Dilma. Yeah, you know, killing it with tea. So pretty much in Adelaide, what what were you doing? How were you singing? What were you? Well, I was in church when mm-hmm. I was young, so I was in like church choirs and stuff, and that was insanely good for yeah. just developing my musicianship in in a church setting. Um, at least in my church setting. It, you're you're on the the microphones and and a preacher might just flick to you and just go guy you know lead us in something really? you're up. and you got to make a a, yeah. a song up on the spot 
like which relates to what he's just spoken yeah. about. So a, I had to actually listen to what he was saying, <laughs> yeah. which was the hardest bit. And then secondly, you just it teaches you to just write music like on the spot and lead a congregation but it's also it's weird it's very selfless way of singing so mm-hmm. so you're you're singing and your whole focus is how do i get these this congregation into a place where they can connect and yeah. be peaceful and and be reflective and and then suddenly i'm in this world where it's about guy sebastian yeah. and i'm an artist and yeah, yeah. so it's just weird i had to flick out of being a church singer into actually being an artist and yeah there's heaps of musicians sort of nowadays that have come up through the church you know you've got people you know like gang, uh, gang of Yous, Yous, oh um, yeah that, Bo- Soho. like there's a lot yeah. Matt corby yeah, yeah. In church. and I mean, they all so come out of the church what is it about that experience do you think which kind of gives people a springboard up into well, I mean, for example, on a technical level, like you, if you're singing at church, some you know, sometimes you'll be singing like a tenor harmony yeah. for the whole service, yeah. and then later you might be like, depending on who you're singing with, then you'll sing an alto harmony or something. Yeah. So, on a technical level, you're actually pretty well trained. You're trained yeah. to do stuff. So then, when it comes time to like being in a studio setting and you, you're singing your own backgrounds, you can do all the parts yourself and yep. just keep layering. And, and to somebody who hasn't grown up trained like that, they look at singers from church and they go, what the hell? Like, how, how long did it take you to sing like yeah. that and to learn how to do all of those? Be- and that just comes into your head. And, yeah, yeah. But it, it's not a sort of like years of, of learning. But also in the gospel churches, especially in America, Sometimes those services go for ages and they're like praying for people and stuff after and the band's still playing. Mm-hmm. So the bass player will jump on drums, the drum will get on guitar. Yeah, they all just rotate. So they become multi-instrumentalists. Yeah. Who, yeah. yeah, it's incredible school. for. And, and if, if people aren't religious, I think choirs and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, like mm-hmm. to get your kids into that sort of stuff, they just – it's – so good for them because they just learn heaps and, and also you're not going to be given that platform as a 14 year old to get on stage in front of a thousand people mm. who are probably a nicer audience than you'd get at Battle of the Bands yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and, and for me that's the thing it was it was actually every week it was 3,000 people Jeez. and then I was singing for this thing called Youth Alive it was at the Entertainment Centre so I'm hanging backstage at the you know Entertainment Centre in Adelaide and then doing these tours around the country I toured Nashville Franklin like right. Right. Going all around um, the states, you know, I was a teenager, and yeah, it's pretty. So pretty basically, good. if you ended up just, you know, being an X-ray tech, then you know, it kind of would have been wasted. Wasted, completely wasted. Mm. I would, I, would, I did half a year, or eight months or so at Royal Adelaide Hospital. I was not built for it. I was, <laughs> there was, yeah, not good. Singing in the lab. Yeah, yeah, I was just singing to these patients that just wanted to get out of there. No. But you did. You also did pretty well to continue your artistry without probably going down potentially that sugar hit cash cow of a couple gospel albums, guy. You could, you could have done that. Yeah, one one think, of those Destiny's uh, Child girls did that, didn't she? One of, oh, Michelle, I yeah, think, yeah. did it. And Bob Dylan, too. He, yeah. Uh, he was Elvis. Like, yeah. Yeah. Johnny, did a they, they all have a bit of it, Johnny Look, I, might, I might do one later on. Yeah. Yeah. I think f- I just love original music. Yeah. You know, I love and, – and you can obviously have original um, – mm. like I look at some of the Hill songs. Those songs are insane. Mm. They're like poems. They're mm. just so poetic. Like Brooke Fraser, who – He's just a genius writer and so many of the other guys, they, they write some stunning songs and it's original. And, and so, yeah, maybe down the line I'll do something, but there is also enough of that, you know. Yeah. And, and I think for me, I, I feel like I've managed to sort of carve out a career 
in the pop world mm. and still be true to who I am. You know, mm. like I haven't – I've sat in rooms and I've been told that I need – more naked girls and bikinis mm. and I've been told I need to swear in my songs and yeah. be more sexually suggestive yeah. <laughs> and um, literally like I've been told really? you're so boring yeah. like you are so bland you need more swearing and you need you more you just swear in your songs yeah yeah, yeah like because at really? the time I remember Angel's it- fucking bro bitch <laughs> 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 uh, but, but I sat in this room and it was probably the most nerve wracking meeting i've ever had because it was mm-hmm. it was with the head of a very major label in america and we were in new york and my manager was with me at the time and and i sat there and he said that and at the time they had that CeeLo fu song out right yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just going like look at what's number one at the moment and you, yeah. you you're presenting me with these songs that, that that you've got no swearing in them that film clips are blah 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 and i just walked away thinking well i don't want it that much yeah, like yeah. if i have to be someone i'm not yeah i don't like, who cares yeah, like yeah. i don't want to do it then now i'll just mm-hmm. do i'll if it's not going to work i'll just keep doing what i'm doing and well, i'll be a producer yeah. or i'll be a writer or whatever and yeah. it's the same as steering away from doing a full-blown christian album as it is to doing a full-blown opposite of a like, christian album yeah, 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 yeah exactly just, just doing for, you in the middle yeah yeah but yeah. i mean there's been times when i've been in a there's been times where I've been in sessions and I'll, or, or even just by myself, like I'll write something and it's really kind of, it's like, it's really sexual or it's yeah. really, Be there's re- swearing in it or something. And I've just written, it's just been the first thing that's come out of my mouth. And, and it's funny. Like I'm thinking, oh, that's quite funny. That would be hilarious. And then I keep singing. I'm like, that sounds like a, actually a smash hit. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then, but so there's times when I've made a decision to yeah. even just go, oh, but it's not me and it yeah. doesn't fit with who I am. But Anyway, and people have been following you on this journey, and now you're, you're just about to hit them with some just change, sex stuff. You know, guy has changed. <laughs> <laughs> it happens all too often. Just when you think you're getting ahead in life and getting on top of all your bills, a massive utility bill comes along and pisses on the rug. All that careful budgeting, all those packed lunches, the instant coffee you've had to drink, all for nothing. Well, now there's a solution so that you can keep that rug piss-free. It's called Defer It. You upload your bill and they pay it for you. You pay it back in four equal fortnightly instalments. And just when you were thinking how much it was going to cost to keep that rug clean, here's the best part. It's interest-free and there are no late fees. It's just $5 a month and you only pay when you use the service. Get the first month free with the coupon code BILLS. That's B-I-L-L-Z. So defer it. That's D-E-F-E-R-I-T dot The Defer It app is also in the App Store and Google Play. Fucking amazing. Their mission is to help Aussies take control of their bills. So if you're one of those punters out there that moves a lot of money around week to week, jump online and check out deferit.com.au. Now, on to the show. We'll move on to your second greatest love, which uh, is cricket, of Golf. course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Golf. Uh, yeah. Golf. Golf, cricket. <laughs> yep. um, there's rumours that you were in the middle of like an indoor cricket premiership hot streak leading into Australian Idol. Yeah. Um, you've always there's always been whispers around you being just like an absolute <laughs> sicko for cricket. Really? Yeah. yeah, I do love cricket. Yeah. yeah, I'm a bit obsessed with cricket. I played grade when I was younger, and yeah. then I, I really? played. Yeah, so in in, in Adelaide, I was a bit of both, and yeah. and, and so I used to um Ajax. come in at about yeah. sort of second drop well, yeah, yeah. Second, second or third drop and then and then I, I would open the bowling believe it or not I don't look like a opening bowler but with that was, afro oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. I'm not that tall so yeah. uh, but I, but when I was younger I was fairly nimble like I was mm. fairly quick and yeah. and um 
and and then I just as we all are yeah <laughs> as we all think we are <laughs> think we were yeah. so, so my little brother right he he loves sport and, and uh, he loves his cricket too and he used to go mate I, I'd bowl about 130 and I said mate I can't get anywhere near 130 I said do you know how fast that is like 130s have you faced someone that's 130 he's like yeah no I would have I would have I said mate like at the time I, I, I had a friend Andre Adams and I, I remember going the nets with him and even just he, and he bowls 130 he used to play for New Zealand and made it so fast like and then <laughs> yeah. the difference between 130 and 140 is you, you think you're going to die you feel yeah. every kilometre and then yeah. you th- talk about 150 <laughs> you yeah. literally cannot see the ball it's so and it's you're scared for your yeah. life like mm. it's actually life threatening and so I, I got this little speed gun and I said, all right, hold this. I'm going to bowl as fast <laughs> as I possibly can. As like, And I'm running in, steaming in. Putting everything on the line. Everything. I couldn't <laughs> crack 115. This yeah. is like, like yeah. 115, 120. Could not crack it. Like, yeah. like that's the max of what I could get. And then Chris gets up and he's like struggling to crack 100, 110. <laughs> like he, I said, there you go. That's, that's, that's my job. Just to, That's a good big brother moment to actually buy is. a speed gun. Just to, you know. Like, just to put him down yeah. and make him feel just small. to humiliate him <laughs> well let's get to the bottom of this no no no, no get up let's go let's go ball exactly. 130 can you yeah, exactly. um so let's talk about this current australian cricket side what, what are mm. your thoughts i mean you know a few of the players so you're probably probably not going to um mm. make too many suggestions <laughs> team, how but. much of the world cup did you see it, a lot of it was uh was in the wee hours it was i but i i um I'm, I've got KO, so so I've been yeah. watching recaps. But I actually dun, stayed dun. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I stayed up and watched quite a few games. So mm-hmm. some, Good I, to I hear. To the, to the end a lot of the time. But mm. I didn't expect England to win, no. that's for sure, especially with the start. They well, had. they didn't win. <laughs> well, if you go back and, and, and examine what happened, they stole I don't that. think he should have had... Like they stole... I don't think he should have had six New Zealand. I yeah. think because... In the first yeah, place. If you misfield it... Mm. He, he, and it goes for four. It's only four. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter how much you've run. I would classify that more as a misfield. And, like then, all- and then they said that they won because they scored more boundaries. Yeah, that's weird. What? It's not T20. Like <laughs> New Zealand took to more reward. wickets. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, this was my... Um, this was my watching of the, of the World Cup final. Mm-hmm. I was in Harlem. Yeah. Eating... Southern like barbecue. You had to go find some West Indians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But there was, dude. I was at this bar. It was sick. There was live jazz band playing, mm-hmm. and I was with Jules. It was the middle of the day in the, in New York, and um, they had all the Wimbledon. Every screen was a Wimbledon final. Yeah. And I had KO Sports on my phone watching the World Cup, looking up between points of, of, <laughs> of um, Federer and Djokovic, and then I'm watching the World Cup, and and Jules wasn't really interested i'm going babe you have no idea like this is insane like the the chances of the, we're not going to a super over like they've yeah. all the wickets are spent they've run yeah. out on the last I, i'm like this doesn't happen in a world cup final too it was insane. of all the games and yeah the, and the music's all right yeah exactly <laughs> but look i thought it was great world cup it was yeah. so it was just i mean massive redemption from mm. from england you know and stokes was just the shining light in that team did, did you ever try your hand at Maybe tampering with the ball back in your grade days. Yeah, ah. yeah. If you had to tamper a ball, guy, mm. how'd you tamper it? Well, I, I guess there's not as, as many eyes. I, I don't think I've ever been in a club 
that hasn't somewhat yeah. tampered with mm. the ball. From Everyone said that. Mike Whitney said that. Every, yeah. every every single person we've had on here has said the yeah. same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, it's very unfortunate and, and it's it's obviously not great. It wasn't great for the sport, but I think I think it was a good a good lesson. And and but yeah, I mean, growing up, there was always some, yeah. something involved. Cough, with, cough lozenger. <laughs> even if it was as simple, I mean, throwing the ball like and having it not go on the full to the keeper like on yeah. purpose. That mm. to me is sort of you affecting the quality of the ball on purpose. And yeah, I liked it because I was a bowler, so it, it'd mm. swing a lot. I I, 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 mm. I obviously wasn't as quick as these guys, but I, I would rely on swing so <laughs> yeah. it's always good for me if the ball especially when you're bowling at 130 because that's that, ex- that's ex- right exactly. right in the swing zone ex- as long as i wasn't facing my brother bowling 155 <laughs> clicks an hour it's all right <laughs> your brother in his heyday yes <laughs> now um tell us you, you you've since kind of worked with a lot of people around the world uh lupe fiasco is one mm. uh john Mayher. Yeah. I'm, I'm constantly worried I'm saying that wrong. It's No, Ma. that's it. That's it. Mayer. Mayer. Yeah, Mayher. Mayher. No, Mayer is... John Mayer. Yeah. Um, John Mayer. John um, Mayer, yeah. 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 <laughs> What's, um, who, who, who was the first time you had that moment of, oh, okay, wasn't meant to meet this guy. Like, this, yeah. it was, how was this written? You know, you didn't... Yeah. Um, or this girl. The first person I, I, I flipped out about was... Mm. was um, Brian McKnight, and I know that's not a massive name for people. Like I don't even know if you guys know who he is, but but he's he's an R and B singer, mm-hmm. and so for me he was like, you know, a cricketer's Bradman, yeah, like he, or yeah. you know, like your 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 hero. This guy was my hero, and he and, dominated your Napster. Oh mate, I used to <laughs> seriously, I used to just copy every like trick he would do vocally, and I mm-hmm. I was obsessed with him, and, and he's an incredible musician. And, and so I got to write with him. There was this session set up and, and the first day he sort of brushed me and he was playing basketball. And um, then the second day he came sort of halfway through the session. But I waited. I flew to LA to work with him and I was like, I don't care. Like if he brushes me on the first day, it's all good. I'm still rocking up the second day. Hang out at the water cooler. Yeah. yeah. And then and then he came and I and I sat there and I had – because I, I record all my ideas on, on my like voice notes on my mm-hmm. phone and so – I, I had some ideas and I said, oh, what about this and blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, yeah, man, that's cool. Let's develop it. And then he starts singing the melodies that, that I'd suggest. And, I, and I'm sitting there and I had it on my voice notes. So I went to bed that night. We'd finished the song. It ended up on my album and um, it was a song called Wait and it's this ballad. And and I just went to bed listening to these voice notes of him just singing melodies and me and him bouncing off each other. And I was like, what is what is happening yeah. with my life? And like, then had you not recorded it, you probably still wouldn't have believed it happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then I've got to like, dude, I met Oprah. I sung for Oprah twice. Yeah. She had her arm around me like on stage up when she was in Australia. Like a she, billionaire. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was when she was she was rated the most influential person in the world. Yeah, because she got Obama elected, did all that kind of stuff. Oh, and- mate, her her speech, like, because she she had just a the second time I performed, she she rang up management, and just said, "Can we have guy perform for our private rap party?" It was really? just her and the Harpo staff yeah. that had all flown to Australia, and she did this speech where. Literally, she was just saying, you know, you might be an account or you might be a runner or whatever, but like, this is what we've achieved while we've been here in Australia. And this, and she read all these stories of people who'd been affected and like, like, um, the people they'd helped and like, you know, sick people and people Mm. from, you know, and that's your story. That is your story. It doesn't matter what you do in this organizer. And I was like, you are the best speaker (laughs) in the world. And, and, And so that was good. And then I got to sit. 
for a whole day like bum to bum with Beyonce and and uh, I was on on the X Factor I had her on as my guest Alicia Keys I had Snoop yeah um, and then I've been in the studio with people like Usher and Robin Thicke and yeah, yeah. I've sung for the Pope the Queen yeah <laughs> like geez we're cranking it up from Brian McKnight <laughs> it's been insane I, and I used to think right when I was in Adelaide. I thought you've made it if you sang at Carols by Candlelight. Yeah. Yeah. At the domain or something. I was yeah. like, if you, you do that gig, yeah. that's it. You're yeah. done. You've made it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think singing for Oprah is pretty, yeah. pretty big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I never would have said, I mean. It's bigger than the Queen. Yeah. That was <laughs> Easy. amazing. Yeah. But yeah. my favorite, I think my favorite all time moment was singing with Lupe at yeah. uh, David Letterman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a bucket list moment and, and the song went platinum in the US and yeah. I mean the difference between that is so Battle Scars over here like like platinum 70,000 and I think over here it went nine times platinum or something in yeah. America platinum's a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so it, it, oh, yeah. it's just such a, a a huge difference. It was such an incredible thing to happen and yeah, Lupe. Yeah, it. yeah. Wow. Do you find uh, the people you are you still working with the same people from the start, or is that that all changes with the sound or your album by album? No, I still I'm mm-hmm. still right. Like there's a, a friend of mine, Adam, who who I worked with. He um, he's up in the Blue Mountains now, and we still hang and, mm-hmm. and write music. I, I don't really, I don't know. I, I don't really have anyone that I don't work with. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm I love. I love collaborating. I mm-hmm. love co-writing. Mm-hmm. I do write a lot on my own now, yeah. and then so mainly my process now is is I'll write a lot on my own, and I'll, I'll develop the song sort of quarterly and melodically and lyri- lyrically, and then mm-hmm. a lot of the times I'll get a, a producer either at the end of the process or I'll write with a producer, but I'll mm-hmm. be sort of writing yeah. the, the the song itself, mm-hmm. and and um and then other times I'm in a room with another topliner they call them mm-hmm. you know and so that you collaborate on the actual song and i love it you're always learning so there's insane songwriters that come out of this country too a lot of them move end up moving to la but yeah like you sit there and you just absorb how they do and how they say stuff mm-hmm. and, and yeah it's incredible is it true that there's no such thing as a bad meeting in la everyone says that you, <laughs> you could walk out feel like you're about to make a million dollars every single time you sit down uh, that's why i think they're all bad meetings i mean <laughs> yeah. I, i've i've lived in la and yeah. and uh it's not really like it, it wasn't the best place for me because mm-hmm. I, I i don't know like i, I think one like in in one day it's normal for you to just do two meetings yeah. and the meetings go for hours yeah. and they're over a, a fancy meal or something and then it takes you 2 hours to drive to the next one and then yeah. they'll do and to me it's like you've you've just sat and talked like for yeah. And, yeah. and obviously great things can come out of meetings but it's all vague. I just want to be in a studio. Like yeah. I just want to be making music mm-hmm. and having the product speak for itself. And I think so many times over there I've been promised stuff and they mm-hmm. go, oh, we're going to make you massive. Man, your voice, you're great. <laughs> you should be huge over here and you blah, blah, blah. And then and then just no one, no one does anything. Mm-hmm. They don't follow up or they don't – like mm-hmm. they lose passion very quickly over there and – I or just they're think, just talking shit at the start. Or they're just yeah. talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're so just music people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's an odd place. Whereas the thing I love about Australia is is people they generally mean what they say. Mm-hmm. Like like if you you're in a meeting and someone goes like I just, we just had a meeting for my foundation and we had all these ideas and there was stuff about indigenous communities and um, domestic violence in certain spaces and 
and we're actually coming up with actual ideas and then you get an immediate follow-up and we're, we're super excited about stuff and then I, I just know something will come of it. A lot less yeah. tie kicking. In yeah, Australia. whereas over there it's like I just don't know what's actually going to happen. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So- Tell us a little bit about the foundation because you've worked mm. with a lot of charities over the years, you know, Red Cross, Ronald McDonald, mm. 40 Hour Famine, and you've done a lot of stuff. Are you now channeling a lot of your energy into into the Guy Sebastian Foundation? Or? Yeah, yeah. Look, Jules and I started the F- Sebastian Foundation about, I think it's about six or seven years ago now. And, and um, you know, our, we originally started out with quite a general sort of motto, which was families in need. Yep. And, and, um, and, you know, we went into hospitals, we put parent beds in, in a whole bunch of hospitals and we supported music therapy program and, and um, then we would go and do a whole bunch of projects in, in homeless shelters and things like that. But then we sort of found our niche in the domestic violence space and yeah, right. um, that was largely led by Jules as well and, and um, you know, because we re- really do consider, especially, the, the you know, the mother or the, mm. the woman as the backbone of the family and, and when that's taken advantage of it's it's sort of the whole family crumbles and 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 it's uh, you know it's a massive problem the statistics are pretty awful you know one in three women have experienced some sort of violence since the age of 16 there's one murder a week at the hands of a current or former partner and a week like Mm. one a week it's insane and 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 it happens in like jules was sitting in this park with the kids and and it was in like rose bay or something and it was in a really affluent neighborhood and there was a, a grandma there and her, she was talking about how her daughter had had just left a, an abusive relationship and the guy's a big corporate high yeah, flyer and top end of town. just beat, yeah. like just yeah. bashing her. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so it sort of it does it there's no prejudice you know when it when it uh, comes to violence it just yeah. sort of seems like it it's a massive problem everywhere and yeah. so we've been in about eight shelters now we'll go in and make them spaces that are warm and welcoming and beautiful because yeah. there's just no funding they, they, yeah. there's a very minimum amount of funding but if a hot water system goes or if something happens if, if there's any issues it's just very hard and often the volunteers are um, there or the staff are there and they're tipping in themselves and, and trying to make it a good space so we started in a place in I think it was in Glebe and then we did another like girls shelter in, in Leichhardt we've done a two kitchens in Manly where we went mm. in so we've got freedom kitchens on our board we've got yeah, this right. landscaping company so they're just like ceos so you're and stuff. opening yeah. up uh shelters yourselves so you know, no so we're going into existing right, right. shelters yeah. and ones that have written to us or ones that have just said look we, we we're struggling like yeah. we went into a, uh one where they they literally couldn't use their kitchen anymore and and that obviously when there's mums and there's yeah. um you know families that are living in there they just need stuff like that so we go in and just do the practical stuff that otherwise gets lost in the Mm -hmm. mix and so we've redone kitchens um landscaping projects so so there's one indigenous center that we went into where they reconnect mums who have come out of the prison system and stuff they reconnect them with their kids Mm -hmm. but all of their stuff happens around this central courtyard and it, it was all just dried dirt basically so we went in did a yarning circle yeah. and um we did one um shelter where it was a young girl shelter we redid all the kitchen and this dining area then we did this little study nook for them then we did this outdoor counseling spot as well for them and and um 
they wrote back to us months later just saying showing us how much their grades have improved just right. because it's yeah. given them this area to be proud of we went and visited like six months later it was immaculate yeah. so they they really loved it and they yeah. took pride in it and mm. i don't know it's just like those little things where these these a lot of these women they're at a crossroads and they're they're sort of you know they're, they're escaping yeah. multiple times trying to get get out of this violent yeah. sort of scenario and they end up in a shelter and if it if it's it doesn't like have gross. a kitchen or a bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, know, if it's you just don't not, need that on top of everything. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas if it's somewhere that says you're valued and, mm. and, and you're loved and, mm. you know, it's so much easier for them to at least stay for a few nights and get help. So, yeah, that's sort of what we do and, and – um, we're really proud of it. We do an event out in Parramatta. Um, it was washed out last year. It was our first one. Oh. And we had this cracking show ready with all these amazing artists for a Christmas carols concert. Fire festival. Mate, literally, <laughs> the the storm that rolled through was like, like the video footage of it, there was like restaurant furniture blowing across the streets. And so it was like a cyclone here. <laughs> so we had to cancel it. Like We sang about three or four songs and then we just had to call it. And um, it was heartbreaking. But but um, we're doing it again this yeah. year. And, and um, two days before the show, we they were having meetings at council of like we've had – we had 9,000 RSVPs on Facebook. Yeah. And – domain get 18,000 and yeah. they've got 80,000 yeah, that yeah. lob up. So we, they were having meetings of how they, like, what do we do? Because there's going to be too many people yeah. that lob yeah. up. <laughs> so <laughs> we went from that to, like, literally Cyclone yeah, yeah, Tracy. Yeah. Anyway. Well, good luck with round two, I reckon. That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, that'll be happening. You've gone through the year. storm. <laughs> we have. <laughs> yeah. And now you're back into, you're now in a mentor role as well with your music, uh, I mm. guess, through, through The Voice. Yeah. How did it feel to kind of to eventually do that to just yeah. i loved being on the voice yeah yeah it was, it's definitely been the most um positive experience i've mm-hmm. had sort of with television it, it just i think you know there's there's a producer on the voice his name's lee and uh he sort of leads the culture of of the show and it's this really kind of beautiful inclusive um positive culture like no one really comes on the show and goes oh they stab me in the back, or I'm they set me out. up, or yeah, no, no, like they and and that's the difference. It's not like, like I'm sitting there during the audition days, and there was no one that was like a bad singer just to like mix it up, you know. Yeah. That mm. everyone can sing and everyone's yeah. got yeah. something to offer, and like there, there's never an opportunity to go, look, oh my gosh, like you're you're terrible, like mm. you cannot sing. Mm. This is not for you. You're actually. You're just saying, oh, I think if you do this, maybe you'll, you've got more of a chance or, or um, I don't know. It just felt really positive. Everyone everyone that left the show, you saw, like, you'd even seen everyone's speeches and stuff. They're just going, we can't tell people out there enough, like, this is such a great yeah. thing for you to do. Not like yeah. those dating shows where they fill them up with grog and turn them against <laughs> oh, each other. Oh, my gosh, yeah. which I'll put my hand up and say I was a big fan of this year. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I was obsessed. I don't know why. I've never been into him before, but I think Jules and I were just really needing something for our marriage. And, and we literally, that was our thing. We would sit and watch Married at First Sight and it made us feel really great about our marriage. Yeah. It just And how you met. Yeah, seriously. We just we, we just felt great. It was yeah. awesome. It was like therapy without anyone having to say anything. Well, it was um, gold. Pressure valve. Yeah. We spoke to two blokes from Five Seconds of Summer last yeah. week, and um, you sort of look like one of the guys from Five Seconds. I've heard that before. Ashton, hey, have, you, have you heard that? I've heard you that actually before. look like him. Yeah. Um, 
and they were <laughs> Look at, him. He's at like, the yeah, back I've, end of I've a, cashed uh, in on that. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, let me in. Um, <laughs> um, they were saying that, that, you know, they just played a show with like, you know, 80-odd thousand, you know, they've sold millions of albums around the world, mm. but they don't have any money, mm. you know, so... so Five Sauce were saying this. Recently, well, yeah. Well, just in terms but, um, of like what they can touch and feel right now yeah. as a band, they're just kind of still on the road, and there's no yeah. real. Yeah. So who? Which what, kind of makes <laughs> I just don't understand that because yeah. well, which kind of makes massive. me wonder, yeah. you know. But like, what contracts are these kids getting themselves into by going on a reality TV show? I mean, you've got. Uh, or just signing signing the, as a young fella. You the know? guys from One yeah. Direction where basically every time they cough, they have to pay, uh, what's his name? Uh, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell, like, yeah. like 80 pence <laughs> yeah. in the dollar. Well, where I, it's like, look, for me, I was in, I came at the start of that stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. I've been signed. I had, I, had, I had to pay a certain amount to the show, but mm. I wouldn't. I don't know. I just that was your platform. Yeah, it was. I wouldn't be anyone like yeah. without that platform. It's sort of like it's like you, tax. You, <laughs> you, you can't just sort of go on something and get your dream job mm. and then not mm. sort of have yeah. to at least acknowledge it yeah, yeah, financially. Sure. You for know, sure, like I sure. I never came from a point of like begrudging the fact yeah. that I had to pay a percentage to them. But also, I think as an artist, you have to look at you have to be smart about where you are making money mm-hmm. and what is for art like mm. I, I think about my music for example like we're in a in the day and age of streaming and all sorts yeah. of different changes to the industry like i don't look to my actual music as the thing i'm gonna you necessarily but yeah it's not gonna make money for me like maybe as a songwriter mm-hmm. I, I i do and i'm lucky that i write my songs because i i get income from that but i i guess you have to look at the way you tour and the way you, you sort of other, other parts of your business and mm-hmm. and it's weird because I've never been a business guy. I'm, just, I'm a shocking business person because yeah. I'm not good at. Um, I hate networking. Yeah. I hate. I hate that whole thing. It's yeah. been something. That's Have really, my card, mate. It's been really hard for me. My yeah. best mate is the best networker I've ever seen. He just mm-hmm. like he just looks at people and he and he knows how to connect them all. Yeah. And I'm not good at that because yeah. I, I I sort of if I like someone, I like them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't see them as someone I can do something with or, yeah. or but I'm trying to get better at that because yeah. it is actually a really important skill, mm-hmm. I think. And um, I don't know, it breaks my heart a bit if that's the truth, if they've yeah. got no cash. Well, I, can't, I can't believe that though. What, well, what are they saying is no cash? Like one Ferrari like, or- Well, they're living in a share house in LA. You know, it's, it's like, why? Was this recent? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last week. you'd be like- uh, why are you living in a share house? Yeah. You know, like, I can't like, even fathom. They yeah. are literally the biggest thing to come out yeah. of this country yeah. for like, a long time. My dream is to buy yeah. mum a house. I'm like, it's like a it. month ago, <laughs> but like at the end of it, after they left, we were just like, what contract did they sign? Yeah, I would look. Like, I'd be equally mother as, of God. Because, to be honest, like if you win the Voice or if you win. I mean, Diana just won and she got a hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. she's just got a, a deal that, to be honest, it would be standard. Like, yeah. I'm lucky because I, I've I've managed to renegotiate deals yeah. as yeah. I've gone. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm not on a three sixty deal or that yeah. sort of stuff. So I've got control over my management. I've got control over my like merch and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But 
But in saying that, I know heaps of artists that are on. Like it's just a norm. Like businesses yeah. have to change. So Got to they, pay to play. Three sixty is fairly normal. I yeah. think. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. you say? Like that's pretty normal deal. I mm. think you just have to realize that your platform is is like they're making you five sauce. Yeah. You are yeah. massive. Now take that. Yeah. And figure it out, mm. like figure Just out how some you're going to make. With your yeah. face on it. <laughs> you're back touring. You're back touring. Yeah, uh, later, a couple months from now, I guess. September, I'm touring. Yeah, so yeah. September through October as well. And um, that's changed a bit over the years. Touring the misses with you on the road and stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Like mm. I, I mean, I did one tour which was 53 shows or something, <sighs> and um, I was on the road for. Yeah, three and a half months nonstop. My like I do five, six shows a week, and um, <laughs> it was it was. But but honestly, now like for me being on tour, especially a regional tour, yeah, it's a holiday. Yeah, I'm not joking. It like the oh, last yeah, it tour be. I rang Jules because I've got massively into golf now, mm-hmm. and the the most nervous I ever get is as I'm about to start a tour. I don't know why. Like mm-hmm. if I, like I can have a big gig or whatever. I'm not nervous. But if I'm doing a tour, the first three or four shows, I'm just a wreck. I'm just so anxious because mm-hmm. I'm just like, in my head, the show's going to go a certain way, but I don't know until I've done it a few mm-hmm. times. And then there's a certain point, like four or five shows in, I'm in autopilot mode. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I've just got to get a certain amount of sleep. My voice will recover and heal. Then I get up and I'll drive to the next town, stop off, play golf. Yeah. And having like little cafe meal in in you know Bega or yeah. somewhere wherever I am, and and then like I go to and do the show. Sometimes I lob up half an hour before, yeah, yeah, and just get changed and and I'm I'm on mm. stage and it, and I absolutely then when I'm on stage it's over and I'm sitting there going. I wish it was still going. Like yeah. it goes so fast yeah. when I'm on stage, and then you it's go just, home and have eight hours sleep. Can you go do that? home and I'll yeah. sleep. Yeah, you, you don't have that come down once you're in the in the groove. You kind of no. Oh, it takes me ages to yeah. get to bed because I'm so like pumped yeah. during yeah, yeah, the show. Yeah. I'm just yeah, it takes yeah. me ages to sleep. But but when I'm touring regionally, a lot of the towns are four hours apart or yeah. something drive, so I can just sleep in. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. love it. Touring is like it's it's become like a holiday because I've got kids. Mm-hmm. So at home, I'm I'm up. Yeah, you're on. like at six. I am every morning they're up and they're climbing on us and mm-hmm. um you know and and it's it's sort of <laughs> there's no time for golf <laughs> no and and I look at what my wife does and I I I last tour I apologize I was like hey I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually really sorry this is so much fun what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I know you're not having the same amount of fun like mm-hmm. doing the kid stuff all, all on your own <laughs> back at home and, yeah. but touring touring for me now I, I don't know what it is I've just sort of I've just really I cannot wait for this tour because mm-hmm. I've got so much on the visual side of stuff that I'm yeah. excited about, like all the screen content. And yeah, I'm just pumped for it. I can't wait. And when does that start? September. Yeah. yeah Adelaide's the first show back oh, in my nice. hometown. So yeah, yeah, our sister cities. Um, well, thanks for joining us, Guy. And um, let's get you downtown. He's performing at uh, the Batuta Workies uh, mm. just after lunch. So we're we better forward to that. We better wrap this up. And uh, thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.